Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm David Greenstein, and we're looking at page Lamed Vav 36, Masechet Beitza, Tractate Beitza. This page is situated, sandwiched in between two Mishnayot. The first Mishnah uh, is the opening Mishnah of chapter 5 of this tractate, and that's on 35b. And the other Mishnah is on 36b. Between these two Mishnayot, we have some basic uh, ideas laid out about prohibited activities on Shabbat and Yom Tov, activities that were uh, established as prohibitions by the rabbis. The collective term for such a prohibition is Shvut. And these prohibited activities stem from a number of considerations. In pure theory, whether it is Shabbat or Yom Tov, whatever activities are prohibited in essence are activities that lead to some kind of constructive change of the environment, some kind of productive work that uh, adds to human civilization. But work per se, just because it raises a sweat on one's brow, just physical effort that doesn't have a constructive result, is not in and of itself prohibited. Yet the rabbis prohibited extra bother physical work that would be strenuous in and of itself because they understood very well that the spirit of Shabbat and Yom Tov required us to uh, maintain a restful experience. They also prohibited activities that even though they themselves would be allowed might lead to activities that are essentially forbidden. These two ideas are brought out in both of uh, the Mishnahs, and page 36 tries to deal with certain criteria to determine, first of all, whether Shabbat and Yom Tov both have the same standard when we talk about these prohibited activities, and also, in another sense, examine certain criteria that the rabbis themselves recognized would override their own idea of prohibiting the activities. So activities that the rabbis wanted to prohibit, they themselves would then refrain from prohibiting because of countervailing values. The Talmud gives us basically three important values that the rabbis recognized should be preserved and therefore they allowed certain activities that they otherwise would have loved to uh, prohibit. One is their concern for hospitality. Since Shabbat and Yom Tov were days where people would invite other people into their home for a meal, uh, the idea of uh, the guest's comfort and the guest's dignity was something that needed to be preserved. So especially on Yom Tov, this was a countervailing value and certain uh, amount of work was allowed to be done in order to prepare for the guests 
and make the guests as comfortable and uh, make the hospitality as gracious as possible. Another countervailing value is Bitul Beit HaMidrash. These special days were days when Torah study was available to uh, many more people than during the week, people that had to work during the week uh, that didn't have time to study. And on Shabbat and on Yom Tov, all of a sudden they had some time where they would be able to enjoy engaging in Torah study. Making the space where they would come in to study in a study group, in the study hall, in someone's home, making that space as comfortable, as roomy as possible, would necessitate work. And this was also considered an important value that needed to be uh, taken into consideration. The third value is hefseid mamon, loss of money. Sometimes one's property would be in jeopardy, and the way to save one's property, to save the value of the property, would necessitate doing some extra uh, work. The work itself may not be constructive work that would be prohibited by the Torah, but all of that extra effort would be required to save the value of the, of the property. So saving property was also an important consideration. The first two considerations I would point out, whether it's the guests or the uh, uh, study environment, had to do with human dignity and considerations of human feelings. The guests were to be treated with respect. They would be people that needed to be uh, treated graciously. The host would want to feel that they would not be ashamed in the way they were treating their guests. When people were coming and making a special effort to study Torah, they were to be treated with dignity. So these were variations on the concept of Kvot Habriot, human dignity per se, which we know from other places in the Talmud is a value that sometimes overrides rabbinic law. Hefseid Mamon seems to be of a different category and seems to be the respect for people's uh, earnings, the respect for people's uh, property. Today I would suggest though that we do also understand that a person's earnings and a person's property are integrally tied up with their own sense of personal worth and dignity and that the economics of a situation very directly impact uh, the social and psychological sense of worth that a person enjoys. As we turn the page and look at uh, side B, we come to an interesting story that gives an example of how these values come into uh, uh, conflict with each other. The question is on Shabbat, is one allowed to uh, engage in certain activities to prevent uh, um, the damage uh, to one's property uh, and uh, whether or not uh, the uh, work that one does uh, is uh, to be prohibited because it's, it's too much of a bother or it leads to prohibited activity. Abaye, one of the great sages of the Talmud, had a set of millstones on his property, and these millstones were being damaged by rain or by some water leakage that was seeping into the room and was uh, eating away at his millstones. So he came to Rabbah, 
who was his teacher. And he wanted to know if there was some way that he could perhaps save his millstones from being completely damaged, even though it was Shabbat. And his teacher, Rabbah, explained to him that he had to adopt a kind of a shrewd strategy. He told him to move his bed into that room, and as a result, his personal space would be abutting the millstones that were disintegrating and probably also smelling badly uh, from the water that was rotting them away. And as a result of his personal discomfort that was caused by him purposely moving his bed into close proximity with those millstones, the millstones now, because they were bothering him, would be allowed to be moved in order to preserve his own personal comfort. So he's creating a situation on purpose to be able to then claim that the situation is uncomfortable and then be allowed to move his millstones. Well, Abaye understood that this was a kind of a legal loophole that he was being uh, uh, offered by his teacher, and he didn't like it. And he started challenging his teacher and saying, wait a second, are you really allowed to create such a situation from the get-go? We know that the rabbis allowed a person to move their chamber pot out of their bedroom, but here you're telling me to create this from the very beginning. Right as he was discussing this with his teacher, so Rabbeinu Hananel reads the situation, his millstones collapsed from being undermined by the water. And had he been in the room at the same time when the millstones collapsed, he would have been injured or perhaps even uh, seriously injured or killed. So by not being there, he was saved. On the other hand, his millstones were ruined. Had he listened to his teacher, the millstones would have been uh, preserved. Abaye says, it serves me right for not having listened to my teacher. That is one way of reading the story. But other commentators read it the exact opposite way. And they say, really, Abaye is the one who was right and his teacher was wrong. And Abaye is celebrating the fact that he didn't get hurt by being in the room when the, millsto when the millstones collapsed because he was busy arguing with his teacher and proving that his teacher was wrong. Which one is it? Each one of us has to choose. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.